This season of the Good Up Podcast is sponsored by Empath Psychological Services. Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming Good Up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Here at the Good Up Pod, we're all about shedding light on life experiences that have contributed to who we are and learning to navigate them to find a feeling that's, well, you know, good up. For some of us, that journey includes therapy. Empath Psychological Services operates with the belief that life's challenges are not all of who we are. They aim to create a non-judgmental environment to help their clients harness their own power and to find their path to mental well-being. Good Up and Empath Psychological Services share a passion for helping others navigate their own healing their way. If you're interested in teletherapy services in the U.S. Virgin Islands or the state of Texas, check out the link in the description box for more information on how you can book a session with Empath Psychological Services. Hey, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Good Up, Good Up podcast. I am your host, Blue Ivy Carter. And I'm Blue Ivy Carter's braids. I'm mad you said blue because I came here prepared to be blue's braids. That's crazy to me. Synchronicity. Um, Welcome back to another week of bullshit. Um, I honestly, I, I, I... What are we talking about today? Anyway, um, we have a guest on the podcast, and it's I, I'm thrown off because we have a, you know sometimes you bring somebody in the room and you don't have such good conversation i we have been sitting here talking to each other for like the past 45 minutes yeah and then i was like oh shit we, we have sh- to record an episode we have something to so do. now i'm thrown off by the intro because i'm like oh this is formal um sorry but welcome <laughs> um we are looking forward to another great episode this week and we have one of my favorite people in the world on the podcast today she's actually a good up podcast veteran she's yeah, been she's on the been podcast twice She's actually one of our, I call them the OG guests. Anybody who was on the first season, <laughs> yes. I'm like, you were recording with me with no video. I was in a closet. Right. So you real. Um, yeah. You were a guest guest. guest here. Yeah, she was a guest guest. So Yeah, you're grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. Gr- I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so tell the people, I'm hi, Aniska. Who are you? What are you, what are you doing? Hi, people. Um, I don't know how to introduce myself now. I feel like last time I had introduced myself, it was so easy. You know, I am Aniska. I am this. Um, so I don't know. Let's see. Hi, I'm Aniska. I am a Gemini. Um, oh, I am... happy Gemini season. <laughs> happy birthday, girl. Thank yes. you. Next Monday, I'm a Juneteenth. And baby. she's a June Gemini. Okay. I yeah, I'm a June team. Gemini, the best kind. Um, <laughs> June Geminis I are my am... favorites. Yeah, we are awesome. Like I am awesome. So that's my introduction. I'm awesome. Yes, um, I am a business owner. Um, I'm a creator. Um, I just do. She things. does all the things. Yeah. I do all the things. Yeah, love yeah. it. But you've been. This is your third time on, right? You went. You were on season one, mm-hmm. and then you came on for the colorism, the first colorism episode we ever mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. right? 
Th- and then this, this is our third time. This is your third time on the show. What? Your first time was before I joined. Yep. And then yes, I remember that when I I think maybe my we did first the colorism time. episode in 2020. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This is your this third, is time, third on. time. So yeah. at this point, you just have to come on every few seasons. Like yeah. it's just I, I love that. I love I love bringing back our good guests. Yeah, you're like like a stand like a standing guest at this point. It's like certain topics just exactly. And let me just say this. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, I want to be on a podcast, right? I about to be a shady bitch. Everybody can <laughs> be a podcast guest, okay? Because some people think that they have a lot to say, but it's mm-hmm. not about having a lot to say. It's about having constructive and like entertaining and good things to add to a conversation. Yeah. It's about like having something to say. Yeah, and about having something. Yeah. I have lots to say, bitch. Most of it I say on IG story. I don't set a fuck on a podcast. You know what? I come I think to the it's... podcast with notes. <laughs> I think it's not so much that you should have something to say. I think you should have something to add. Ooh, Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. What's our theme? Synchronicity. Because synchronicity. I was, I was like, I know where this is going. You, yes. you know what that means? Right. Like, yeah, it's one thing to yeah. have something to say, but what do you have to add? To add to the yes. conversation. To the and Anissa tends to have things to add. Yes. She always okay. Because for me. Also, too, I was thinking to myself, I was like, when he had told me what the topic was, and it was like, um, people pleasers i was like duh i am like a reformed people pleaser like oh i have been God. a people pleaser for 25 of my 31 years of life of course i have which is i don't no know shit to you because i always say that i'm a recovering people pleaser yeah. i know <laughs> shit to you on this guy like i i will wonder when i ask you if on this guy i'll be like this this bitch just caught me off <laughs> I'm but like, it's because we've had those conversations. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm a recovering people pleaser. It was mm-hmm. like, of course, I did. of course, I was like, yes. Duh. I don't. I don't dive back into it every now and then. But before we go there, before we, so yes. obviously if people who listen to us the conversation topic. But before we go there, we promised y'all last week, also known as Awago. We promised y'all that we were going to um, start Deidre's new segment, which is um, talking about all things astrology as it relates to this specific day and week. Yes, not it's basically your whole life. Be... Yeah, so I'm not giving nobody you want a full reading. You run the dry of fucking money, okay? I Absolutely. am not here to exploit her services. Thank you for saying that, Hey Isa, <laughs> because one thing about it, I does this. This is a very detailed ability that I have, okay? It's very time consuming. And if you guys want specific astro- astro- astrological insights, you can book my services. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is giving a quick forecast based on where the planets are in this moment that the show is airing. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at a chart for July 4th, 2023. The thing to keep a close eye on would have to be the fact that Venus and Mars are currently in conjunction, which is fire. AKA men- conjunction, it- conjunction, conjunction, conjunction. <laughs> oh my God, go house of <laughs> So I had to say it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, no, but literally, I used to love Schoolhouse Rock. And fun mm-hmm. fact, I was obsessed with Interplanet Janet, which makes total sense for an astrologer. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> when I was a little girl. Anyway, so Venus and Mars are currently in conjunction. This is spe- this is important for many reasons. One, Venus and Mars tend to rule very masculine and feminine aspects about us as individuals. Venus rules love, the joy you experience when you encounter something or someone that you love, art, music. Um, She rules romance. She rules luxury. And in us as individuals, Venus will rule the amount of space we're able to hold for people. So people who tend to be people pleasers most likely have 
some sort of specific and important Venus aspect. I bring this up because, like I said, Venus and Mars are in conjunction. Mars rules aggression, assertiveness. Mars rules ambition, taking action, how we go to war, how we confront things. So those are like opposing things, right? Opposing energies. But these two planets who rule things that are a little different, they're like kind of holding hands in the park right now which is great for everybody because there's a bit of a balance between those things our capacity to kind of recognize some of those things in ourselves we have the opportunity to heal certain people pleasing ways if you know what i mean they're in conjunction in the sign of leo and what makes this very interesting is a lot of people always assume that Leo, people always kind of peg Leo as like the most self-centered sign of the zodiac and all that shit and it's actually not the case it's not that leo is self-centered leo cares a lot about everybody but mm -hmm. leo is ruled by the sun leo is naturally the center of the universe they're magnetic they care about everybody but they know how to prioritize what's important this is the time for you to learn how to focus on yourself more especially if you're a people pleaser right recognize where yes i'm a natural <laughs> giver i love helping people i love taking care of people but is this at a detriment to me and my wellness? If it is, then I need to pour inward. That's one thing. Two, this is a really good time for creativity. If you're a naturally mm -hmm. creative person or if you're a person who, even if you aren't creative, this is a really good time to learn things about yourself through creative expression. If you're not the type of person who usually approaches a romantic interest, but you kind of really feeling a little motivated, it's because it's a good time to approach that person. Alaman, back. Call him back. <laughs> and or woman. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. This is going to look different for everybody. It's going to look different based on your own personal birth chart. And if you want to know how this affects you on a personal level, then hit the link in my bio at Finding Deidre, book a reading, and I will not only interpret it for you, but teach you how to do it yourself. I You're love welcome. It. I may have to book a reading. Listen, <laughs> Deidre is about that fucking life. Okay? I love yeah. this shit. But yeah, okay. Deidre will be back every week. Every um, week, y'all. To give y'all these forecasts. We just figured, you know, being good up, we always talk about it, being good mm -hmm. up covers a lot of different aspects. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Y'all saw that we had a branding change this season. Um, And the, the inspiration behind that, our one word that we stuck with, or two words that we stuck with was Elia Superstar. Because yeah. when we thought about that song and the lyrics and the concept of Alien Superstar, we were like, that's what being good that's up feel like. Like, it's exactly. like you on your shit in every aspect of your life mm -hmm. so sometimes it might be you you need some guidance in the gym sometimes it might be you listening to the podcast because you need some guidance on like social stuff right. and you know astrology could, could tap in there too so today's episode it's actually about people pleasing like we said earlier um and i don't know again i always come in with a definitions yes because I like definitions. So it's required for this. It's industry. required, right? And I need Aya to know that when we talk about subjects, I ain't just pulling it out of my ass. There is a yeah. term for it. So people pleasing is when we suppress or repress our own needs, desires, expectations, feelings, and opinions to put others ahead of ourselves so that we can gain attention, affection, validation, mm. approval, and love. This I... definition just drag a couple bitches. While no, because I just sat in. here and said, I wish we gave a trigger warning. Because I right. I could picture some eye of ponytails on the floor right now. Like Ooh. it's very um. So here are some common signs. <laughs> here are some common signs of people pleasing. So one is deferring your own needs, obviously. Um, the next one is agreeing with everyone, struggling to say no or to establish boundaries, 
feeling responsible for other people's emotions. And that one just hot up my heart space a little bit because I feel, mm-hmm. oh my God, I am very, very triggered by that one. Avoiding conflict also. Hot space, hot up. And apologize all me. the time. Oh God, that drag one. me, drag me. That so, one. I am going to start off our conversation and bring everybody, I'm going to bring everybody to the mat on this one. My first question is in what ways or situations do you silence your own opinions, wants, or needs? I am not going to ask you in what ways do you think you people please, because I specifically want to call out any behaviors that we might still be doing that might be people pleasing. Okay. So again, okay. in, in what ways or situations do you silence your own opinions, wants, or needs? I feel like I should okay. be a gracious co-host and let Anista go first. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, and this is good because the first thing I, th- I thought of is like, is that people pleasing? Or is that me not giving a fuck? Because Period. a lot of the time, like sometimes it's at work, Mm. or sometimes this it could be in my relationships too right where I will hit a wall where I'm like nothing I say here no opinion I share here is going to alter the decision you make so I'm not Mm. going to say anything um and I think that's like uh I have set myself up in a way where I I will sidestep all the time whether it's intentionally or not it's very protective of self Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I call that people pleasing in those situations. Have I not shared my opinion? No, actually, no. I've never not shared my opinion in recent, you know. But again, hey, I know it's because you know my background. I didn't share my opinion for so long. Now, now sometimes I share without even being asked. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in the room and something happened, you'll know what I have to say about it, what my thoughts are on it. But that's because for so long, I did exactly that, right? Bite my opinion on what I like, what I didn't like, how I wanted to be treated, how I didn't want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't think I answered the question. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, is there any area of your life? Because I, I think that's a good point, is that sometimes we don't share our opinion our opinion or our desires or our wants or our needs because we're we're dealing with somebody who is again like a brick wall Mm -hmm. and there's no point in doing it because you Mm -hmm. you know at some point you have to protect yourself but do you think in in any instances sometimes maybe you don't because you don't want a person to become upset or Mm -hmm. i mean of course i've been known to do that like that's mm-hmm. like my track record in all almost all my romantic relationships, right? Like yeah. I've been known to squash my opinion. I also like, you know, I don't know what you call it, but being raised as a Caribbean w- woman, being like designated to be submissive, of course, like I've been known to put my opinion aside um, or to put my, you know, my thoughts aside in those particular spaces. I can't say I always do that in like work or with my friendships because there's a safeness there mm-hmm. that's like established. Um, but yeah, of course, I feel like all of us have. I feel like oh, there yeah. is, all of us have, have had that moment where we are so worried about this person that we love or this person that we value and we don't want to rock the boat. So mm-hmm. we just sidestep our opinion a bit. I feel like that's extremely normal um I, I think it becomes detrimental when it is to your earlier point when it is to like the detriment of my well-being my peace mm-hmm. my happiness you know mm-hmm. like you don't always have to share your opinion but when you stifle your opinion so much that you make yourself unhealthy 
that's when you have to look at yourself and you have to be like, okay, I am people pleasing to the detriment of my sanity. Mm-hmm. That's not going to hurt, help me in the long run, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the dragon turn and mic over to you and you you and Aniska both declared all yeah that y'all are retired or recovering recovering so what does that mean does does that mean that at one point you was out here just like oh hell yeah so sorry (laughs) so 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 in the present the only time i catch myself being a people pleaser is when it comes to dylan Mm. Mm. um i have a hard time i won't say i have a hard time setting boundaries with him but if dylan asks the nine times out of ten the answer is yes the only time the answer is no is when it's something that could cause him harm Mm. (laughs) so that's the only time i catch myself still leaning into how you know my people pleasing ways but i consider myself a recovering people pleaser because i the way that i showed up as a people pleaser it wasn't so much um my opinion but it was my needs Mm. Mm. my needs always took a back seat because i always felt like i had enough and in reality i didn't have enough so for me, I always felt like I had to do for others, do for this person, make sure this person was good. Um, I hated saying, I, I really did hate saying no to people that I care about. I have a vivid memory of me and Diamond being maybe like 14. She'd asked me to do something. And for the first time I had to tell her no. I don't even remember why I had to tell her no, but first of all, it ate me up to tell her no. Listen. I had, a, I was even, it wasn't even a simple no. You know how everybody's saying these days, oh, no is a complete sentence yeah girl before i even got to the no i gave her this whole explanation and run around and i'm like so basically the long or short of it is that i can't do it and she's like okay and she moved on but i think i harassed daima for like a solid half hour asking her if she was mad at me for telling her no mm-hmm. and she got That's mad me. at me yeah she got mad at me because i kept asking her if she was mad and That's it me. was like are you mad at me daima she's like no and i'm like you sure like I, I would do it if I could. And she's like, I know. And I'm like, I just don't want you to be upset with me. So that was me a lot of the time. Um, the other ways, like I said, I showed up mostly as somebody who always felt the need to meet other people's needs and my needs would tend to take like a back seat. Um, I was always comfortable with sharing my opinions. Um, I would of course avoid opinions that I felt would hurt people's feelings. But for me, because, Hey, I'm an Aquarius. It is what it is. Um, if my opinion was based in fact, and mm. to this, as long as my opinion is based in fact, baby, I'm gonna say what I want to say. Um, I'm proud to say that the places where I've never showed up as a people pleaser is the workplace. Mm. Um, I am very confident in the workplace because I invest a lot of my energy into mastering skills. And so for me, in the workplace, I does this. I know what I'm doing. Um, and I'm doing it for a reason. Listen. I will say, like, as far as, like, the workplace, and this is something my therapist and I had to work through, mm-hmm. I have always worked in spaces that are um, not, that are non-POC dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I work in very white spaces. I just, yeah. I don't know what it, well, it's America, but, like, yeah. the industry I work in, those spaces lack people that look like me mm-hmm. and I used to show up super agreeable super agreeable like I did mm-hmm. not want to be the aggressive angry anything mm. like and my therapist was always like well if that's your concern as being completely agreeable how are you doing your job I'm super fucking good at my job so I don't have to be agreeable I have to mm-hmm. show up and do my job I don't exactly. have to be, mm-hmm. be I don't have to people please any of y'all I have to do my job and then exactly. you also have to ask yourself, like, in all this, in all, in all of my agreeableness, 
um, what changes for the people mm. that I'd be agreeable mm. for, especially exactly. when it comes to white people on the workspace. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have been that person too, where like, I'm the most agreeable. I gonna show up. I gonna show out. Mm-hmm. I gonna do everything in my power. And we were talking about it in the last couple of episodes when we were talking about burnout and how black mm-hmm. women show up to work. Ooh. But in doing all of that, like, is me being agreeable going to change if a person decides to be race- racist or if I experience exactly. a microaggression or exactly it, it's or not really and you know them. when so I used to I definitely and this is kind of touching back on the code switching I used to make sure even though I'm not agreeing with you I let me tell you something one thing I know how to do honey is be sweet with people so I could disagree with you respectfully and sweet and all that mm-hmm. shit but then I kind of had to get to a point where I'm like this is not necessarily my nature and it's exhausting but also mm-hmm. no matter how sweet I show up they're still going to see me as an angry mm-hmm. black woman so I'm going to just be mm-hmm. myself I'm just going yeah. to be who I have to be because yeah. whether I come sweet as sugar or I come extremely assertive matter of factly they're still going to perceive me but what they can never say is that she came with inaccurate information they can never say that i fumbled the bag or the Mm -hmm. responsibilities so i'm gonna show up and be like dominant like in the workplace Mm -hmm. i tend to people always assume i'm a fire sign when i'm in the workplace Mm -hmm. (laughs) like because i come Mm -hmm. in like this is the job this is what needs to be done (laughs) i feel like deidre and i deidre and i are very like kindred flames in a way right just listening to us talk and i feel like I unlearned so much of my people pleasing through my workplaces, yeah. right? Like I, and I also, I do um, event production here in the city. Oh, I'm like, lit. I have to be so mindful of showing up and being like, no, this is what my client needs. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what we are going to provide. Like there's no, there's no sugar coating or softening mm-hmm. that, right? Yes. And that almost had to force me out of my, Mm-hmm. Like, people, like some yes. people have an obligation to, and in order to meet that obligation, that's paying my bills. Mm-hmm. I have to show up and be aggressive and fire sign, which is not me at all. I know. Same. You know where I am the worst as a people pleaser though, is in my inter <laughs> my per in my interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. my romantic relationships and my re- relationships with like friends and family. That's 100%. where baby. Oh, I was the listen, worst kind of people. Run me over. I, I gonna let a listeners know right now. I am the one <laughs> bitch on this call who is not a reformed people pleaser. I am still in this bitch, struggling. <laughs> we'll be your sponsors. We'll meet. We'll see you at the next meeting. And and I can't even say that I've been working on it. Most and I gonna be honest with you. Sometimes you don't start to acknowledge that something is a problem until very late late in life. And <laughs> I've recently acknowledged that a lot of things are problems. And in my head, I'm just like, okay, I can only walk on one of these fucking things at once. So this is why I'm still in the stage that I'm in. But what I will say is that I see a lot of people pleasing tendencies in a lot of different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. Work definitely used to be one of them. But I've noticed that, like Aniska just said, when I went into a management position, I kind of had to force myself out of that people pleasing tendency because the reality of it is what works for my team and my department in necessarily what works for you. And I kind of had to be like, okay, that's nice, but we ain't doing our shit. Like, Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. the answer is no. And I would be lying if I said there haven't been times where I felt like when I feel like I've made someone mad or uncomfortable or upset with me, I don't get so like, was there a different way I could have wanted it? Can I go mm. back tomorrow and fix it? Like, what do I do? I'd be driving home like, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like, mm-hmm. because I, I'm, I can 
stand up for myself in a moment but for me what my struggle with people pleasing is the thought process that happens after After, i've stood up for myself like i could do it i could set the boundary Mm -hmm. but after i set the boundary i'll be like oh my god why did i say that you know like bitch you could have been oh my god you you know that's the beauty that comes with being a people pleaser is Mm -hmm. we have a certain level of self-awareness that most people Mm -hmm. don't have and so with that being said the things that you're feeling like oh that could have been nicer i promise you it didn't need to be nicer (laughs) i I wanted to make a point because um i know Deidre and I said like we are recovering people pleasers yeah. and you said that you still are um and you never really stop being a people pleaser right it's like being an it's not that like an, an addict yeah it's, yeah it's, it's like, like being, being an addict, an addict. Yeah. you actively mm-hmm. like I actively have to make the choice mm-hmm. every single day to not put my feelings and my wants and desires on the back burner like yeah I'm very much in the middle of figuring that out right now. And my girlfriend Mm -hmm. tells me, my best girlfriend in the world, she tells me all the time, like, you have this habit of putting aside all of your desires to meet the desire of other people. Mm -hmm. And like, Deidre, when I tell you that your your session before this dragged (laughs) me so much (laughs) because... of my well-being and like my mental health the things I'm working on right now mm-hmm. are so deeply rooted in bypassing my own desires for yeah. other people but it's an active choice like I actively have to engage mm-hmm. the part of myself that's like no one is got you too no one is got you next it could wait get it for yourself first you know mm-hmm. so it's like you'll get out of it but even when you get to the part that Deidre yeah. and I are at of being recovering Mm-hmm. There are still, still moments where you will relapse. You have to absolutely actively choose. you have to actively choose. Um, and even like and where I know for certain it gets really bad for me is when I'm in like a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And like I had to like take time to look back at my past relationships and really like literally like look in the mirror and examine the ways that I've abandoned myself for mm-hmm. the relationship and the ways that I recognize that I've in especially the relationships that I were like the ones that were serious. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to recognize like Deidre, you had to rebuild yourself after that relationship because you completely mm-hmm. abandoned. Like I literally abandoned myself in certain relationships. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, OK, you cannot do that. And so even now, anytime I find myself getting involved with somebody, um, I have to be very intentional about not letting myself like slip you know mm-hmm. like yeah. I've been really good and I've gotten a lot better about it because when I recognized it it was when me and Dylan's dad were like in a relationship and I kind of recognized like I didn't recognize myself I was putting up with shit I had no business putting up with mm-hmm. um and eventually I ended that relationship and then I went through a period where I became the opposite where because I was trying so hard to heal from that I became like the most, I want, yeah, the most self-centered person you would ever date. I'm either on one extreme end of the spectrum or the other. Or the other. I'm either and- like extremely to the point where like I'm completely bypassing my own All needs me. or like fuck mm-hmm. everybody and everything. Don't talk to me. One thing I wanted two things for sure. My therapist, like she's the fourth coming of Christ. Like I love <laughs> no, same. Like, I she, love my, listen. She, she's like my everything, I swear. And the reason why I love her so much is because 
she reaffirms those parts of me that can be exploited through people pleasing right Mm -hmm. so like I'm so soft I'm the softest girl I'm a lover girl like that's just my vibe I just love it like yeah it's fun it's fun I love yeah and my therapist always reminds me that like it's okay to be soft it's okay to leave any any romantic space you're in and still find the desire for that in the future you have to be very careful though when you're a people pleaser Mm -hmm. because that easily can turn into a toxic environment one that you are exploited in so you have to be very mindful of it exactly one thing I'm very grateful for in transitioning out of my people pleasing is that I've been able to maintain like this softness yes, to me. Like, I love it. Like yes. it doesn't, it, it, that part of me is still very, yeah. very, and that's, very and, present. And that was the beauty of that journey is because I went through that period of being very self-centered, but it was outside of my nature. So I said, okay, Deidre, you're not being yourself right now. So you need to learn how to be yourself, but protect yourself in that process. So Mm. like, even like you referenced being soft, I am so soft. Even like every ex I've ever had, one thing they always say, Zidra, you have such a soft heart. And it's true. So I said, okay, I'm not going to harden my heart. I like having a soft heart. I like melting into my person. I love to feed men. And that's my problem. Let me, listen. I love to cook for man. I like to listen. I just I love my man them. Okay? My softness stops in the kitchen. Okay, I, I don't love, do that. I don't know I what don't it is, do that. but it's I will something... do anything for you. But <laughs> if, you you, if you require a meal, if you require sustenance, oh, I get love to work. Man, I don't know. And you come here, about... but in any case, so I had to learn. Like, okay, Deidre. You get to be yourself, but you have to protect that yeah, part mm-hmm. of yourself. And you yeah. have to wait until somebody has earned that version of you before you can become that person. Yeah. And you also have to be okay with if there's something about somebody that you don't like, you have to find a way to make it known. You Listen. also have to make sure you're in alignment with people so you're not abandoning yourself. So I had to really root myself into myself so mm-hmm. that I could let go of people pleasing. Listen, but, my yeah. <laughs> Stephen taught me a very important lesson while one that I still have not fully learned, but he made an important point once, which was it was right after um, my former close friend had lived with us and moved out. If you listen to the podcast and if you know me personally, you know that that was a very just like stressful, that negative was peak experience. People pleaser. It was peak people, but it was peak <laughs> people pleaser because for me, it does come out in relationships. But like I was saying earlier, I've not, I haven't done a whole lot of like serious relationships. Like I've done a lot Mm -hmm. of casual dating, which it comes out there. It definitely does come out there or used to come out there. Um, But for me, it's like work and friendships, friendships, especially and family is where that shit that just rile up the most. And for me, if my friend is struggling in any way, if my friend needs something, I am not the person who can just like, help you with what you asked for i am going to go above and fucking beyond right yeah so people have come to live with me people have like i will open my home to you i will give you the last 500 dollars i get in my savings account i will do like this is who i am and a part of it is i see that like a lot of people don't have that person in their life who is either just financially in a position to help them like that. So I feel like if I'm, if I've worked this hard to get to this point in my life and I have the ability to do it, I gonna do it. But the Mm -hmm. other part of it is I want to fix the problem for this person. Mm -hmm. Like I want to people please. Yeah. So this person 
in this scenario ended up living with me. They left. It was very negative. And when they left, I was talking to, to Steven and I apologized to him. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry for putting you in that position and for putting our marriage in. Because this person mm-hmm. ended up living with us in the first year of our marriage, which thank God that we, you know, I married the right person and we did fine. Yeah. But like that was a very stressful situation to be put in that early, especially as I kept thinking about it from his perspective. As a husband, you want your wife to be happy mm-hmm. yeah. and you want her friends to be okay and like Stephen fully understood the reason why I was helping this person and like yeah. he was game for it but I could tell he was in no point at the situation was he comfortable so mm. when it was over I was like profusely apologized so now I have to take my people please back to my husband I'll be like I'm so sorry I should I never do it and, da, 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 da. and he was like okay so you're the person who if somebody needs a home you're gonna give them a home if you find a stray dog on the street you're gonna take in the stray dog and he he absolutely right because i've literally housed stray cats and like same my mom couldn't homes. stand that shit about crazy. Me. what's the difference then between because in my head i see the difference but i just want to know what you guys think mm-hmm. what's the difference between being a people pleaser and being a rescuer and does that have something to do with the level of control we like to have in situations i think think it's the motivation behind it yeah i Mm. think for sure there's an intersectionality Mm -hmm. and i think it's when you've been through a certain amount of whether it's trauma or disenfranchisement whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be if you've been the underdog in any fashion you don't want to save everybody you want to save everybody Mm -hmm. especially when you get some semblance of power that's for lack of a better term power right Mm -hmm. whether it's financial power whether it is influence in the workplace once you get to a point where you can help people in any fashion Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. going to do it you know you're going to pull people up like one of the things that i was so adamant about doing in any job i do but wherever i have influence i'm calling the names of people who deserve that i'm shouting people Mm -hmm. out who deserve it it's it's just in you i don't yeah but i think it's i think the two things cross each other I, I think mm. I relate to that question very heavily because for me, it's it's a little bit of both, right? On one end, I'm a person who has experienced a lot of violence in my life, but also like was somebody who in experiencing a lot of violence, like the adults in my life either didn't recognize that I was experiencing it mm. or like didn't come to my rescue basically. So for yes. me, if I see a person struggling and I'm the person who could fix the problem, I'm going to try to fix the problem. Same, same. But on the other but side of that, you... Sorry, go on ahead. the other side of that, I, I think with people pleasing, the motivation behind it is like, how do I want this person to feel about me at the end of this, mm-hmm. right? It's not mm-hmm. even just, I think rescuers do self-sacrifice a lot of their own needs, but it's not always it's not always because they want the person to love them at the end for Mm -hmm. people pleasing. I think it centers heavily on like, I'm doing this for this person. So they don't hate me in the end. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes to this thing. So this person isn't mad at me. Yeah. And sometimes those things though. Yeah. Or even so they know that I love them Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that they have, there's never a question in their heart that I love them. I'm going to do whatever it takes for this person to know that I love them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm, and in this scenario that i shouldn't take that much yeah it shouldn't take that much and in this scenario that i'm talking about this was a person who um was very critical of a lot of things um of of me as a person of my life of just other people's decisions and it would come off in a very like haha that's a funny kind of way um so i think a part of me was trying to gain their or a part of me was Mm. worried that if i did not say yes to helping them that mm. this person would dislike me at the at the end, right? And this was somebody who I'd been friends with for a long time. 
Um, but then there was that rescuer part of it too, where I was like, well, if I don't help this person, who the hell gonna help this? Like, who gonna take care of he? Because yeah. he like he and you know, um, in in full transparency, he had just lost a close family member. Like he was going through a lot at the time, and I was like, if I don't uh, like if I don't take care of this person, who the hell gonna help he? Yeah. Um. So bringing it back in the, in the end when I was talking to, to Steven about it and apologizing, he made that, that, you know, description of me of like, you're the person who's going to like rescue the stray animal, give your, your, your friends, your last dollar, give them a place to stay. And he was like, and in, in all of those scenarios, like I will always support you because it's, it's because you are a good person. And mm -hmm. he's like, but I wish you would make, he's like, I wish you wouldn't be so afraid to draw the line on who you help. He's like, yes. you don't have to help everybody. Yes, mm -hmm. that's literally do not have to help everybody. That's one of the things me and my therapist worked on. And even where I said like earlier, like, yeah, you could be yourself, but you have to be protective of that and mm -hmm. do it for the right people. One of the things me and my therapist worked on is developing my discernment. So mm -hmm. I know who needs, who truly needs my help and who just need to help themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And who also deserves your help, right? Like who deserves who it and being help. a little bit discriminating, quite yep. frankly. And keeping now, one, in mind that sometimes when you ask yourself that question, you might be talking about people you really, really, really care about. Oh, trust me. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that lesson with actual like blood. We tend to be doing for others what we wish somebody would do for us. Mm -hmm. And baby, when the girlies told me that, I said, Ooh. well, fuck you too. Yeah. Because... Man, like, I almost scrapped the mic. I'm like, no, fuck off to the car. Yeah. Just, no, that fucker hit me in the chest. I said, wait a minute. I recognize that a lot of my people pleasing comes from my mother, right? And... Mm -hmm. Her people pleasing with Hamara. So this is always connect. Like every time we talk about a new subject, I'd be like, remember when we talked about generational curses? Um, mm. But mm. so this, this, and I always worry about bringing up my mother again on this podcast. Ooh, like, listen. It's always going to happen because we're always talking about mental health and the things yeah. that made us who we are. And I'm sorry, Maria, make me who I is. I apologize, mommy. If you <laughs> I love you, Miss Maria. But, like, so my mom had a very tumultuous and complicated relationship with her mother. Her mother didn't raise her. Mm -hmm. And I think my mom's life in many ways has been defined by her trying to convince her own mother that she was worthy of that love. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly heartbreaking. And my grandmother, God rest her soul, was was a phenomenal woman, but also a very complicated and very fucked up woman. Like I, if you listen, it just is what it is. We so, can't. Yeah. yeah. She was a very fucked up person, especially when it came to her children. Mm. So my mom has this, like, even though you didn't raise me, even though you don't appreciate anything I do for you, I am going to go above and beyond for you every time. At the end of my grandmother's life, my mother was her sole caretaker. Right. When my grandmother died, everybody knows this happened a couple of months ago. I went home my mom was making sure that my grandmother got her last wishes, which was to be buried. Like my mom took care of all the funeral arrangements, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember being in the car the night before the funeral and my mom just like, I think maybe for the wake, I should probably, I should probably make a salad. I should do this. I was just coming up with more shit to do. I, I straight up told my mother, <laughs> you are doing so many things right now. You yeah. are overcompensating for a woman who is already dead. And if you mm. are overcome, if it's not for she, and if it's for anybody who attended that funeral, they are alive and living and have two legs and two arms, hopefully, and could do for themselves at this point. Your yeah. mother is the one who died and she is dead. Like, mm. I don't understand what is the motivation. Because it was at a point where, like, we had been, and this came out of, like, exhaustion, exhaustion. grief. Yeah. Like, I also was, like, grieving at this time, right? 
again the next day after the funeral i was like ma that was incredibly inappropriate to say to you i apologize i understand your mom just died but like i was like ma you you everything that you're doing it feels like you're trying to show her one last time that you're worthy of her and i'm like yeah. let me tell you something have you ever asked yourself if she was worthy of having you as a child say because like all of this you're doing for her and she never dissolved it she didn't earn it Facts. She on none of that shit so like Facts. why are we here so anyway telling all my mother business again but like i got so frustrated in that moment and sometimes though you don't need to you don't need somebody to be like for the fuck what like what are you doing mm -hmm. all that yeah it's true we need that and sometimes even that right is the best way to help somebody some sometimes mm -hmm. they don't need our money they don't need to stay with us they don't need yes. nothing but words i think it's also very important to keep in mind again we all are like super self-aware and not everybody has that um but being aware in the fact that sometimes we people please to to prove that we love somebody or to prove mm -hmm. that we invested or to prove that we care. Other times we people please simply to fill a perception that other people have of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like I people please so I <laughs> I people please so I like I seem this way or I present this way or you know everybody will refer to me as this way. And I mm -hmm. remember I will never forget. My sister and I were having a conversation. My best friend in the whole world, I love her down like yeah. she is my saving grace sometimes until she get on my nerve and she was like something was happening and i'm i'm like i'm i'm so i'm just so kind like i i'm like a ball of bubbles like i just <laughs> i always just like very this is how i am all the time and my sister and i were like talking about something and she was like you are such a bitch and i was like the moment she said that was like wait retract how do I adjust so she doesn't think mm -hmm. I'm like that? How do I adjust so she doesn't see me as that way? And it's almost like my sister had seen the wheels turning in my head. And she was like, that's not a bad thing, right? She was like, there's nothing wrong with your disposition being what that is, which is like, you know, I talk with my hands. I'm very pointed. If I know I come in with facts, I'm going to give my opinion. <laughs> period. Sometimes <laughs> I, give, I give opinions that's not asked of me big air sign um, energy period yes <laughs> but what i realized in that moment and something my therapist and i talk about often is that there's a huge difference between being kind and being nice i am i had actually posted something on my instagram stories a while ago too i had a conversation <laughs> i'm so kind i'm mm -hmm. kind down to the ground i'm the kindest person you meet like my intent it might not always come off that way it might not always show up that way, but my intention, especially for the people I care about, is yeah. always rooted in kindness. Yeah. I'm not nice. There's nothing about me that is nice. Yeah. There's nothing about me that 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 wants to present as nice anymore, right. right? Like, it's not my job. It's my job to show up in my kindness. Yeah. But, like, looking back at all my years of people pleasing, I realized I was showing up as nice so that I would mm -hmm. fit the perception. You know what's yes. funny, too? So many people at work... Mm -hmm. And this kind of ties back into the last episode on code switching. So many people in the workspace think that I am a nice person, mm -hmm. right? Which is wild. And most people in my personal they don't know life the difference. recognize yeah, that they, they they really is a kind person, but hey, is a fucking asshole. Like, no, everybody who knows me personally accepts that about me. Yeah. yeah. But I real like, you have a good point. In that people pleasing, I didn't want them to see asshole hairs mm -hmm. because I'm like, but I don't want them to think about me that I'm way. A, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kind. 
So I will mm-hmm. show up in kindness, but it's not my job to present to any of you how you perceive me exactly. as your business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? It comes down to, and this is always my objective, is as long as I'm not being harmful to people, I'm going to be how I feel today. I'm going to be authentic to how I'm feeling today. Listen, there's a space that I spend a lot of time in where there's a lot of white women, and I don't think white women like each other. They're not I, nice people. For the most oh, no, part. no, no, they're not nice people, but they act nice. And that's mm-hmm. my point is that niceness that we were just discussing, they have mastered it. But when I'm sitting there overhearing their conversations and they're catching up with each other, I'm like, mm-hmm. they, they don't sound like they like each other at all. Like, they sound so uninterested in being there, but they're being nice. And how's mm-hmm. Jack? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh my God. And I'm like, I can't I've, do it. I've heard white women in the workspace like disparage somebody in like the nicest. They're just like, yeah. I just, I wonder if, and you just like, did you just call this person a broke bitch? Like, you know, you just called her the brokest bitch there ever was. On. Yeah, they were doing such like a, I just, I'm curious. They mastered it. Listen, when a white woman says she's curious, baby, run. Yeah. Because she's going to drag you. You're going to sit on and feel like your shoes. Listen, by the time a white woman done with you, you feel like your toes hanging over the fucking shoe, the fucking, like your love handles poking up. Cause they're going to quite like, Listen, I, so I have, I have a dynamic like that at work that I'm trying to navigate. Right. And (laughs) someone recently gave me advice where they said, if, if a white woman keeps questioning you, ask questions back. Right. And like question their questioning. Right. Don't get defensive. Don't just answer the question. Make it, make it seem like their misunderstanding of the information you're trying to give them is their fault. Right. So, (laughs) so I tried that that. and the same person who is like the source of, of the issue just kept asking questions while I was presenting something. And she was just like, oh, I'm curious about this or asking questions about it. So at one point I was like, um, do, do you care to explain like what part of the, the presentation or this topic, like what is most confusing you? What is, what is like the barrier here in your mm-hmm. ability to like understand fully or like move forward with this conversation, right? And I worded mm-hmm. it very, I didn't want it just like that, but like I worded it in that way of like, what it what you're, you're here i need you to get here what is stopping you from being like thumbs up on mm-hmm. this shit right yeah and how can you explore that for yourself in the next 30 seconds so you could stop wasting my fucking time right so mm. i asked her a question and you could tell she was like taken aback by the fact that i was like the problem here is you we're in a room of 30 people the only person who keep asking fucking questions on this same she kept kind of digging you in know my favorite thing is what do you need from me for this to make more sense which is pretty pretty much <laughs> what, what i said i said what do you need for me to explain like what part of this do you need clarity on so that we can move on and when i said we can move on you could tell she would just like mm-hmm. oh, bitch. so she answered mm-hmm. a question and because then some... you weren't being nice you weren't so being then, nice so then when she started trying to ask her question for like what would it take for her to understand somebody else was like Oh, but yeah, hey, Isaiah has said earlier. So what she was saying was da 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 da, and then she was like, oh, "Okay, okay, I get it now." And we moved on. Yeah, it's so funny how people will like make you overcompensate, and if you're a people pleaser, you don't realize you, how much you, you're you doing get it. fully baited. It's like quicksand. Before yeah. you know yeah. it, you just sink yeah. in and sink in and sink in. Like, yeah, yeah. The minute somebody will ask me a question or like not not understand something or not be happy with something I deliver and it will cause me to go into this spiral of like overcompensating mm, mm. instead of just fixing the one thing that they asked me to mm, fix. mm, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do I do that? Why am I doing more labor so this person could be happy with me? What if they're Mm -hmm. happy with a shit regret? What if they're just an unhappy person? In your your working on your people-pleasing ways, like what's one tip you would give to someone who wants to 
cut the shit basically and like people please less i would say stop apologizing so much nine mm. times out of ten you're saying sorry and you don't even need to say it like that need you feel to say sorry for something stop if you're in the grocery store and you say excuse me because somebody's in your way you don't have to apologize for them having to move out your way <laughs> they're in your way excuse me you walk past and keep it pushing you don't have to sorry no mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and i only and, and let's be clear let me just soften that blow. I only know that because I was once that person. Listen, and as now- a fat person, I don't apologize for taking up space a lot. I really want to see really you stop do. doing that. I really want to see you stop doing that. I used to be that person who would be like, excuse me. And then when they move, I'd be like, sorry. Sorry for what, That's bitch? Me. You was in my way. Yeah. So now- I need to work on that. Yeah, so now I recognize like this person's cart is in the middle of the aisle and they are being inconsiderate. I'm not being inconsiderate for needing them to move out of my way. They're being inconsiderate for leaving a fucking cart in the middle of the fucking aisle. So, (laughs) hey, excuse me. Or sometimes, sometimes if you really feeling nasty, I just move the cart out the way. Because Mm. that's clearly what you want me to do. You expect somebody else to move your cart if it didn't occur to you that other people need to come up and down this aisle. So I'm either going to say, excuse me, and they're going to move their cart, or I'm just going to move the cart for them and then they're going to and then you know what's going to happen they're going to say oh i'm so sorry and they're going to move their shit and then you're not going to apologize <laughs> for checking up space that you deserve to be in that's my tip okay um my tip would be that you can't pour from an empty cup mm-hmm. and you can't ask people for something you aren't already giving yourself um, I feel like so much times when we people please, like we've all said, it's to receive something from someone that we feel like we lack in, whether that's safety or acceptance or security or love, whatever it is, we people please to receive that. Um, my hope for myself anyway, or for any of us is that we first pour those things into our own cups. Yeah. So we don't have to seek it outside of of our own our own beings right like i want to provide myself with on with limit unlimited self-love unlimited assurance unlimited finances resources whatever it is i want to make sure i am full enough that whenever i do something it is led with the intention of i just love this person and i want them in my space versus oh i need this person and i need them to reciprocate this thing you know Mm -hmm. so you can't pour from an empty cup and you should never want something from someone that you can't first provide for yourself would be my tip. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like that one. one. Yeah. Mine is, I think, especially for people who people please in um, romantic relationships or friendships mm-hmm. is to ask yourself about like the most effortless, like instance of love, right? Like think about just one relationship in your life where it just feels effortless there's not much you have to do that person just like love you don't bad for no reason right basically Mm -hmm. and ask yourself how hard you've had to try to gain that love from that person like Mm. and then ask yourself why you try in in other instances to get a same kind of love right Mm -hmm. i I think the reason i don't try to impress that logic on myself and on people is because sometimes we're working hard for people who, again, don't dissolve that walk. Ooh. It takes me back to that conversation about, like, my grandmother, right? Mm. Asking yourself, like, 
if I don't have to try this hard to be loved and to gain this like thing that I need from other people, why am I trying so hard in these specific mm-hmm. cases? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do they deserve that type of energy? Right. And if they require that type of energy from me, why? Like, yeah. why yeah. do you need me to do all this for you to show me yeah. that you love me? But all that to say, <laughs> I think that people pleasing is is common to many of us. I think yeah. that there is Definitely. a way out. I can't say that I have found my way fully out yet, but I am encouraged by the former people pleasers that there are recovering. things that I can recovering, work on. recovering, <laughs> recovering. I think we need to at some point in the season really talk about just like emotional unavailability and mm. how that affects people because it leads to shit like people pleasing. It leads to so many other things. But like, mm-hmm. what happens to a child? when they are raised by an emotionally unavailable parent what happens Mm -hmm. to a person when they are dating an emotionally unavailable person yeah and like what does all of that lead to because i think we would talk about so many different topics on this show uh, all of it tends to lead back to like oh well my mother was like this or my parents were like that or i dated this one person honestly like shout out to freud like the girlies (laughs) went through a period of trying to discredit sigmund freud but the man had a point um (laughs) so yeah i i yeah we'll we'll definitely talk about that maybe this season maybe next who knows and speaking of this season before we wrap things up thank you to aniska for being on the episode you're welcome back anytime because this was such a good conversation you're a standing guest yeah yeah standing guest for sure for sure and then um shout out to the sponsor of this literal entire season of the good up podcast and psychological services with all that being said we'll be right back here next week in the meantime you could tag us on your social media platforms we love to hear your comments on the episode we love to get reviews we love to hear how we're doing if there's anything you want us to talk about or if we said something crazy during the episode and you react into it like put all of it on social media because your posts lead other people back to the podcast absolutely Um, if you want a little bit more you could join the Good Up, Good Up VIP section over on Patreon. The lowest tier is a dollar, people. It's a dollar, okay? A month. A dollar a month. Um, and we have a private Facebook group for all of our patrons. We release bonus content during the season. You get access to the full video of the episode. I don't know about Ayo, yeah. but DJ look fucking good. And I really appreciate being able to look at her all the time. So <laughs> could just slide so- me a dollar it's- to do it. You know, it's so funny because I was going to say, y'all get to witness like, hey, Aiza, grow her hair. We have not seen hey, Aiza with long hair in a long time. I started mm. the podcast ball. Oh, my God. Yeah, you started ball. And we've been, I started the podcast You started ball. a ball. Then, so we get to enjoy hey, Aiza, grow out those my gorgeous curls. And you guys I didn't get even to enjoy this stuff. I remember now. Yes. And you guys get to enjoy our facial expressions. Because one thing we're going to mm-hmm. do is do the most with these. Like, we're going to react. Exactly. And you're going to get to enjoy the facial <laughs> expressions, honey. Um, so, yeah, sign up for the Patreon. Thank you to our existing patrons. You guys know you definitely saved my seat on this show mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that meltdown I had. That yeah, was when, I, when, I, when I say keep the lights on, I am so dead ass serious. Y'all literally, literally keep the lights on. Y'all so. keep the lights on. <laughs> so thank y'all for everything. We will see y'all right back here next week on another episode of the Good Up Motherfucking Podcast. Deidre, tell the people them bye. This season of The Good Up Podcast is sponsored by Empath Psychological Services. The Good Up Podcast is Black woman hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Heiza Quinones Ivory. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Tag us using the hashtag Good Up Tuesday and join the VIP section over on Patreon for exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast.